on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. Fantastic pitchers duel tonight, and the Brewers find a way to win. They push across uh, a late run, and they get the victory by a 2-1 score. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. The Brewers score in the top of the ninth inning. Josh Hader closing it out in the bottom of the ninth, and the Brewers win 2-1. Also, thanks in large part to Colton Wong, a home run in the opening at bat of the game, and Corbin Burns, who pitched a whale of a game going seven innings, allowing just one run on five hits. My name is Matt Pauley. Welcome into the program. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the first Midwest Bank talk and text line, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll also keep you updated on what's going on with the Bucks. Not, not, not great. About three and a half minutes to go in that game. Celtics lead 100-87. to So it looks likely that there will be a game at number seven. But 13 points in three and a half minutes, not insurmountable if the Bucks go on a run. So, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that as we go along. But we're mostly talking uh, Brewers baseball today as uh, the Brewers do come away uh, with this win. That's a... I'm not overly worried about the fact that the Brewers scored two runs on six hits today because Pablo Lopez is really good. You know, when we talk about the team at times struggling offensively, and for the most part, they've been a really good offensive team this year. Uh, Their aggregate numbers, there have been some games where they haven't done well. I'm concerned about their offense when they don't score against kind of average guys, above average guys. Uh, You're facing off against a dude who's got a one ERA. That's uh, I'm not I'm not worried about you struggling and they find a way to win in what was just again a fantastically pitched game. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the first Midwest Bank Talk and text line 800-990-3776-800-990 ESPN or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine joining us uh, tonight. He'll uh, join the program coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Go-to pitch. High fly ball, right field. Renfro chasing into foul territory with a play. He makes the catch in foul territory, and the Brewers will win this one tonight by a final score of 2-1. to Yeah, that's how it finishes off. The Brewers get the win. A well-pitched game from Corbin Burns. The Brewers push across a late run. Devin Williams, a strong inning with two strikeouts. Josh Hader finishes the thing off. By the way, we had a long conversation about Devin Williams the other day when he struggled. And there were people out there that were seeing me. I was getting text messages saying maybe Devin Williams needs to go down to AAA to find the strike zone, which is insane, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to that take, but he had... Eight consecutive scoreless outings before that last time out. He had a bad night. It happens to everybody. So everybody who was on that uh, Devin Williams isn't a good pitcher anymore train, uh, he, was, he was all right tonight. Two strikeouts in his uh, one inning facing the minimum, and he picks up the victory. If you want to join the program, you can do so. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. That is the first Midwest Bank. Talk and text line or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. For the first time this year, he's going to be with us all weekend long. Very happy to uh, welcome on former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Hey, Augie, how are you? Hi, Matty. Great to be back with you. But hey, what, welcome back to a pitcher's duel. What else? 
what better way to do it? And I'll tell you what, you talk about the two guys that started tonight and Corbin Burns and Lopez, just fantastic. And, and the way Lopez just dialed, dialed in with that changeup. But Corbin Burns, here's a, here's a interesting note uh, for Corbin Burns. Uh, here's a guy who talks, who's got that, that good stuff that he can go out there and command. And there's no problem with his confidence. I always say in pitching, there's three C's. There's comfort, confidence, and consistency. And you got to have all three to be really successful. But he's got that good confidence. He doesn't have that comfort, that, that comfort level I think he would like to be at. But I'll tell you what, with that confidence, he sure is able to do show us good consistency, and he really did a nice job tonight. He was a little bit different tonight. It wasn't it wasn't the cutter that he was striking guys out. He was striking guys out with the changeup and the curveball and the slider. It felt like he had kind of a different approach today. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I agree, Matt. I, I, it was something a little different, and, and I, I was as I was watching him pitching, I was thinking back and in the year 2019 when he had that real struggle with. ADRA or whatever was going, and all of a sudden he went into the science lab and found out that that cutter was his pitch. But I remember doing a game in 2020 before COVID hit, and I was doing it with Matt LePay, and he was pitching against uh, Seattle Mariners, and he came in, in the first innings, he was trying to throw that cutter. Just wasn't there. All of a sudden, he got that breaking ball, and he started locating his fastball a little better. And the next four innings, he was really, really good, and it just carried that on to 20. 20 season and uh, 2021 where he won the Cy Young. So I think today he was struggling just to find that good comfort zone with that slide, with that cutter and that slider. But that, like you said, Matt, that changeup, that changeup that he threw today, along with that curveball, really made a big difference. Yeah, so when we get into his numbers a little bit, I find this to be really interesting. So his cutter today, he got 20 swings on his cutter, and he only got three swings and misses, 15%. That is way, way, way below uh, where he is normally at. For many pitchers, if your main pitch like that is just not inducing swings and misses, you might have a rough day. So he kept throwing the cutter. He threw 42 of them today. He was not getting the swings and misses, but what he did was he threw uh, he threw uh, 27 curveballs, Augie, and he got six swings and misses. He threw eight changeups. He got two swings and misses. He threw 13. He got through 12 sliders. He got three swings and misses. So when he wasn't getting the swing and a miss from the cutter, he was able to find those whiffs from other pitches. It was, and it, it did look a little bit mad, like he was having a little problem with that location on the cutter. He wasn't really locating as well as what I know he got. Looked like he got a ball slider or a cutter up to Aguilar, and he hit the home run on him. And those things are going to happen from time to time, but those are the things that where you talk about Corbin Burns and about taking that next step and being that elite pitcher. That's what the elite pitchers do is they go out, they have quality pitches, and I think when we look at Corbin Burns, you'd have to say one through four or five, a number of his pitches, whether it's fastball, curveball, cutter, changeup, whatever, that they're all quality pitches. And then he can, he's able to, if not one is working, being able to make those adjustments during the game and stay within himself and have the confidence that if he goes out there and makes good pitches with one pitch or another, it's going to help him through a ball game. And tonight he did find that. Was he comfort? Is he in a comfort level? No, I don't think today he was. But as far as being confident and having good command and, and ending up with good consistency because of the curveball and the changeup and locating the fastball every once in a while really made the big difference for him today. I touched on this a moment ago before we brought you on, but how important is it that Devin Williams, after having that tough day his last time out, was able to come back in a, in a big way in this one? Yeah, I, big day for him today. 
you know, he looked like a different guy out there with a, a different a style of confidence. And, you know, we always talk about what makes Devin Williams. It's, of course, it's the changeup, but it's the location of the changeup. We saw what Lopez was able to do with the consistency of throwing that changeup for a strike and then throwing it outside the strike zone and getting a lot of swings and misses. Well, that's the same thing with Devin Williams. When he can command that fastball, that I should say that changeup down in the zone and feel get that comfort level with it, that makes his fastball better, makes everything better. But the fastball is a really important pitch for him, and when he's locating, that's really important. Now he's throwing a little bit of a slider on occasion, but today it just looked like he had really good command of that changeup, and when he's got that and he's throwing it for strikes, he's very difficult to hit. The Brewers pick up a 2-1 win in Miami to open up the three-game series. Again, if you want to join the program, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Jerry Augustine alongside. We continue on the program in just a moment on 94.5 ESPN. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. And this is turned on and hit to deep right field. Going back is Avi Garcia, and that ball is out of here. Colton Wong on the second pitch of the game pulls one out of here down the right field line, and the Brewers lead it one to nothing. They go on to win by a 2-1 score. Welcome back in. It's Brewers X Turnings. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling in to the first Midwest Bank talk and text line, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, Pablo Lopez is having a fantastic season for the Marlins, and he was just as good as Corbin Burns tonight. Seven innings, one run on three hits, 11 strikeouts, and, and no walks. Like There's some days where the Brewers don't score a lot of runs, and you look at maybe their approach, and there's some days where the Brewers don't score a lot of runs, and you tip your cap to the guy who was on the mound. And for me, I tip my cap to Pablo Lopez. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, he threw the ball. So well, he made the one mistake early in the game. He threw in a good first pitch strike and then tried to get a little change up and got it up over the plate. And Colton hit his, uh, hit, got that leadoff home run, his ninth as a Brewer, 11th in his career, gave the Brewers a lead. But really, that was the only mistake he made. And you looked at the way he went about his job. It looked like he struggled maybe in the, that first inning, didn't, couldn't get that change up where he wanted to. But that's, as soon as he got to the second and third inning, he got dialed in and he was just terrific. It, just a, when you look at a guy who pitches is not super overpowering, locates the fastball, plays with the edges on both the inside and outside, and just commands that changeup down in the zone, can throw it to both sides of the plate down, and just keeps it down where it's very, very tough to hit, but then can explode with that fastball up in the zone. That's pretty good. And uh, I'll tell you, he's having a great start to his season. He pitched a really good ball game tonight against the Brewers. That top of the ninth inning for the Brewers was a pretty impressive inning. It starts with a Christian Yelich base hit. Then Luis Urias, he's hit by a pitch, puts runners on at first and second. Uh, Manager Craig Council decides to go to Tyrone Taylor as a pinch hitter for Rowdy Telez. Taylor comes up with a base hit. We'll hear from Craig Council later on uh, in the show, but I believe he referred to that as maybe the most important at-bat of the game. That loads the bases, and after a Hunter Renfro strikeout, uh, Jace Peterson is able to have a, just stay very patient at the bay, uh, plate. Now 
not try to force anything, and he takes the walk to uh, to draw the run. The, it's one of those innings where the Brewers were able to kind of take what was given to them, and, and they put together a really solid inning to push across a run. Yeah, and it started with the guy that's been swinging the bat so well, and Christian Yelich. I just like his at-bat today, that last time up. Just knowing what he wanted, he had to get. He wanted to get on base. Got a ball all the way from him. Just a really nice at bat. Just puts send it sends it in off a left hand pitcher in the left field. Is when he's swinging the bat very well and got it started. But you know, this is a Brewer ball club. Even when we look back the other day when they had the the, the lot of runs scored late in the ball game, they were able to at least go in and really start something pretty special in that ninth inning. This is a team when you look at ball clubs and how they start giving those good at-bats late in the ballgame. Those, those mean so much to teams throughout the year, and we're starting to see this ball club as this game goes along. And, yeah, Lopez was great, but as soon as they got a relief pitcher in there, they made it very difficult, gave good at-bats. And I thought I agree with you, man, and I think you agree that the Brewers really had some really good at-bats, not only from Yelly and Urias who got hit, but he's hung in there. But Tyrone Taylor going that opposite way, on that pitch, just did a nice job. And then the patience with Peterson, the, the coax to walk. But some good at-bats by the Brewers today in that, in that ninth inning uh, got the win for them. How important is it in games like this that are low-scoring to be able to kind of stick with your approach and be patient so you're ready when the opportunity presents itself? Essentially what I'm saying, Augie, is they're getting stymied all day long. And you see sometimes where a pitcher gets into a zone and all of a sudden hitters start expanding their zone and they kind of change the way that they're going about it because they're trying to force the issue. It felt like today the Brewers, from a hitting standpoint, they stuck with their approach, uh, even though they weren't having much success with it. So then once they got to a point where they were facing a pitcher who gave them something, they were in good position to be able to take advantage. I agree. I, I think their approach was, was so important. I thought Christian's approach was excellent. When he's swinging the bat, you got a tough lefty like, like he had out there throwing a good hard slider that he does have. What did he do? He stayed with his approach and said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a ball on the outside part of the plate, and if I get it, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to fight the ball off on the inside part of the plate. But he got that ball all the way from him and just did an outstanding job of what he's been in, what he's been swinging lately, hitting that ball in the left field, did a great job. I thought Tyrone Taylor had a great at-bat. Knowing that this guy has a good slider, he was looking for a pitch out over the plate that he could handle to get the move to run over and get the move that run over, hit the deep fly ball, and get those guys in, uh, to move a base to second and third. He was looking for some way that he could drive. He got it. He did such a nice job. So those good at-bats that these these guys are doing late in the ballgame are, are, are so meaningful. But you're right, Matt. Staying to your approach, staying within yourself, knowing what is your job to do at that at bat is so important. And it looks like this Brewer Ball Club is doing a nice job of that early in the season. And now they get Eric Lauer on the mound tomorrow, who has been pretty much just as impressive as Corbin Burns this season. He is throwing the ball so well. And, you know, the one thing with Eric Lauer, when he, I always remember when he came over, he had that first outing, I believe it was against the Cubs, got that breaking ball over, and he, He's throwing more of the break ball, not the cutter. But I think where he's really made a big difference now is he's got good quality pitches. He's got that confidence that he needs to have with that fastball, elevating the fastball he wants. 
but he's able to throw that good breaking ball down in the zone and throw it for strikes consistently. When you can throw your secondary pitches, whether it's your second-best pitch or third-best pitch for strikes on a consistent basis, and then be able to elevate that fastball in the strike zone, getting ahead of hitters, which he's done an outstanding job, he's, you're going to do a good job. And I'll tell you, Eric is a standout. You've got to look at him as one of the better pitchers in all of baseball right now, the way he's throwing the baseball. All right, all you good stuff as always. We'll talk to you again coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to it, Matt. Great win for the Brewers today. Jerry Augustine joining us, former Brewers pitcher. Glad to get him uh, back into the fold his first weekend here on Brewers Externals. All right, if you want to join us, you can do so. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers come up with the victory, 2-1 to one over Miami. This is Brewers Externals. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. pitch swung on drilled high and deep wow watch this baby this is gonna sail way on up and out of here Aguilar ties the game former Brewer hit that one a ton in the left and it's one to one in the bottom of the third solo home run his fourth of the season Two to one, Brewers get the win in Miami to open up the three-game series as they start the third leg of this three-city road trip. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on 94.5 ESPN. Milwaukee pro sports teams could not pull the doubleheader sweep tonight. The Bucks do end up losing to the Celtics, 108 to 95. Just a programming note for you: uh, they will now play that game seven coming up on Sunday on WTMJ. So we will be back here with Brewers baseball on 94.5. ESPN on Sunday. We'll be back on WTMJ coming up tomorrow. 800-990-3776. 800-990-ESPN. If you want to uh, call or text, that is the first Midwest Bank talk and text line. You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Doug texting in. Says smart move by Craig Council to pinch hit Taylor for Telez. Now make another smart move and start playing this guy close to every day. He's a 20 home run, 80 R RBI guy, but he needs the chance. And uh, Doug goes on to say he can see Hader going 40 for 40 in saves. Has it ever been done? All right, so a couple things there, Doug. First off, I really believe this this is all going to kind of work itself out. It always does. We're, we're still early. Uh, Lorenzo Cain is playing a little bit better recently. He had the double today. He also had three strikeouts. I'm not trying to spin the numbers on Cain. A one-for-four day for him, a double, three strikeouts. He hasn't gotten off the highway yet. He's hitting 192. Obviously, the numbers are not there. The Brewers are getting more offensive production from Tyrone Taylor. Uh, there is there is no doubt about that. Uh, Cain continues to provide just spectacular defense as the season goes along. I think we're going to see one of two things happen. Either Lorenzo Cain's going to have to go on some sort of hot streak to really bring those numbers up where it makes sense to give him more of the playing time, or if his numbers kind of stay the same, we'll see more and more playing time from Tyrone Taylor. You text about this all the time, Doug, and I understand something that you're very passionate about. Uh, I would I would just say it's all going to work itself out. As far as Josh Hader going 40 for 40 in saves, yeah, that's a possibility. It'll be tough to break the record. So the record for most consecutive saves without a blown save was the 84 straight saves by Eric Gagne. 
I don't know if that record is ever going to fall. The second place on that list uh, is Zach Britton with 60. So Gagne had the 84 straight saves. Uh, that took place over the course of the 2002, 2003, and 2004 season. In that 2003 season, he went 55 for 55 in save opportunity. So, yeah, it's been done, uh, and it's going to be uh, – it. The, the one thing I'll say about Hayter is – and maybe this is not the same anymore. Maybe because he's getting better. Like Craig Council talked about this the other day, uh, the the night that uh, Hader picked up his 500th career strikeout to become the second fastest behind Araldis Chapman to ever get to 500 career strikeouts. Craig Council talked about how Hader's getting better. Like he hasn't reached his peak yet. He is continuing to improve. So the only reason I would ever say that the 40 for 40 save thing maybe is not going to uh, happen is because of his historical tendency to give up some home runs here and there. Uh, but he hasn't I mean he hasn't given up a run yet. He hasn't given up home runs this year. So is it possible? Yeah. I I don't know what you do about it. If I was a hitter facing hater, <laughs> I think I would just sit fastball knowing there's going to be some pitches that come my way and I'm going to look absolutely foolish. Maybe I even try to like trick him into having him read some swings by almost acting like I'm not looking fastball on a pitch or two and then hope that he throws a fastball and just swing really hard. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do against him. It's as much of a mental game as it is a physical game uh, with uh, with Josh Hader. So, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. It's it, He's so good. He's so good. Uh, 13th save, 13 of 13 in save opportunities. Does it without a strikeout. Somebody actually texted in earlier in the night asking uh, when the last time he got a save without a strikeout was. It was actually earlier this year in one of the games against uh, Baltimore, but yeah, I mean, he 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 was just as dominant without getting uh, any strikeouts today, fa- facing the uh, three batters and getting his thirteenth save. We'll get the post game comments of manager Craig Council. That's coming up next. Brewers pick up the win in Miami by two one score. This is Brewers extra innings. It's Brewers extra innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. <laughs> pitch and he missed inside the Brewers have the lead Peterson tosses the bat his eighth RBI of the season Yelich trots home and it's two to one crew that ends up being the final score Brewers push across a run in the top of the ninth Josh Hader closes out in the bottom of the ninth, and the Brewers win by a 2-1 score. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on 94.5 ESPN. What a pitching matchup. Corbin Burns for the crew, seven innings, one run, five hits, seven strikeouts, no walks. Pablo Lopez for Miami, seven innings, one run on three hits, 11 strikeouts, no walks. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago, and he, as he uh, opened up his uh, postgame comments, he uh, did discuss what made Lopez so good against the Brewers tonight. I don't know if we had too many good swings after that. He was, he was just very good. His changeup was um, very, very good. Um, it felt like every hitter was behind in the count. Um, very rarely did he fall behind in the count. Um, and he was just down, 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 and on the edges. Um, he, pitched, he pitched a wonderful game. Thankfully, Corbin was just as good. And, um, you know, I thought Corbin kind of got better as the game went. Um, his last three innings were you know, very efficient in the last three innings. What made that change up just so... 
different? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's a good question. I, I would ask the hitters. I'd, it, you know, it's not a big speed difference change up, um, but he's just he's, it's just down, and it's you know the, the fastball has just got a little takeoff on it, and um, the changeup just feels like it it stops as it gets to the plate. So it's um, you know they even some of them didn't feel like they were super well located, but we were, it was swings and misses, so it shows you it's a really good pitch. It's, how much of that is related to you know, having to have that fastball and be able to locate that? And play yeah, I mean, every pitch, the pitches are interrelated for sure, and um, he does a nice job with it. You mentioned before I mean, that the best time to get a guy is right away. Was this like just the ultimate game of that, where he got settled in? And it was... Yeah, I mean... Um, that's that's what you do. I mean, Colton kind of jumped him, and um, you know, even I thought Yelly had a really good swing in the first inning at a ball that he just just kind of missed. Um, but obviously, we we you know we didn't. I think Lowe was the only base runner after that. It was nice to see Devin be as sharp as he was after the last one. Yeah, Devin and Josh were great, um, really sharp, and um, you know, well, very well pitched game, very well pitched game by us. The top of the ninth inning, obviously, Case walks on four pitches, very key run, he drives in. Can you kind of break that down first? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, Bender comes in and he's he's tough on right-handers. Um, and, you know, that, I thought Tyrone's hit was the big hit of the inning just to kind of, you know, put a lot of pressure on them, um, put a lot of pressure on Bender to, to be perfect. Um he did. He threw some great sinkers to Renfro, um, and then just lost the strike zone a little bit against Jace. And Jace is a guy that's pretty good at not chasing out of the zone, and had a really patient at bat. And um, we end up getting a run like that. But the, the guys before him to get on base, uh, Yelly had a nice at bat against the tough lefty, um, just to start the inning. And then we still got hit, obviously. And then and then Tyrone was, I thought, was the big at bat. Uh, it, it kind of what was coming, you know. I, I mean, I thought Bender was coming, and I thought that was our chance that we had, we had to get him right there. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I thought he was, you know, as as usual. I think the mark of a you know excellent starter is that. Maybe he's not completely dialed in, but he's finding ways to still put zeros on the board, um, and and he's still good enough uh, to to get through innings. And so, you know, early in the game, um, maybe not completely locked in, um, but as the game went on, you know, you know, longer he's out there, he I felt like he got more locked in. His breaking ball, his curveball, was a very good pitch tonight. Then he got a slider going as the game went on. Um, so his off-speed stuff, I thought tonight was was kind of the key to it. That's Magic Craig Council after the Brewers get the win in Miami by a 2-1 score. 800-990-3776, the first Midwest Bank talking text line. Mike in Colorado texting in says, Matt, routinely Colton Wong should be in the leadoff spot whether there is a right-hander or a left-handed pitcher on the mound. Mike, respectfully, I think you're wrong, and I think the numbers speak for themselves. Against right-handed hitters, or excuse me, against right-handed pitchers, Colton Wong hits 271. He has um, 23 hits. That includes six doubles, two triples, and two home runs. So of his 23 hits, 
10 of them have gone for extra bases, 10 RBIs, and a 782 OPS, and an on-base percentage of 323. Now that, you'd like that on-base percentage to be a little higher for a, a leadoff guy, but still, that's, that's fine. Against left-handers, he hits 136. He has three total hits this year against lefties. None of them have gone for extra bases. He has one RBI. He has struck out six times in his 22 at-bats, so about uh, a little bit more than a quarter of a time he's striking out. His on-base percentage is 240 against lefties. His slugging percentage is 136 against lefties, and his OPS is 376 against lefties. Mike, that's not the numbers I want in the leadoff spot. I, I understand why you say that, because, again, he hits a, the leadoff home run today, but the, the numbers are, are very clear. 271 against righties, 136 against lefties, 323 on base against righties, 240 on base against lefties, 782 OPS against righties, 376 against lefties, 459 slugging against righties, 136 against lefties. Those numbers don't lie. He is bad against lefties. Bad. So, no, I don't want him in the leadoff spot against left-handers. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Inning. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here, go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 2-1, to one, Brewers get the win over the Marlins pitching matchup. It was a good one. Corbin Burns going for the crew. Pablo Lopez starting for the Marlins. It didn't look like it was going to be a pitcher's duel. First at bat of the game, top of the first inning, is the leadoff hitter, Colton Wong, at the plate. And this is turned on and hit to deep right field. Going back is Avi Garcia, and that ball is out of here. Colton Wong on the second pitch of the game pulls one out of here down the right field line, and the Brewers lead it one to nothing. The Marlins with an opportunity to answer that run in the bottom of the first inning. They get two out-base hits from Jorge Soler, Soler and Garrett Cooper, and it brings up the former Brewer, Abisayo Garcia. The 2-1 pitch. Breaking ball tapped out in front of the mound. Burns has it. Runs towards first underhand. Toss takes care of Garcia. And Corbin Burns gets out of the inning. Stranding a couple of Marlins in the process. The Brewers get a two-out hit in the top of the second inning when Lorenzo Kane doubles, so he's on in scoring position with two outs for Victor Caratini. Kicks and delivers. And a little broken background ball to third. Anderson scoops it up, throws to first in time, and the inning is over. Brewers got a two-out double from Lorenzo Kane, but that'll be it here in the top of the second. Remains a 1-0 Brewers lead as we go along to the bottom of the second inning where with one out, Brian Anderson gets a base hit against Corbin Burns, and that brings up Miguel Rojas. The 0-1. Ground ball to third. Gobbled up by Urias. He'll go to second for one. Wong's turn to first is in time. Oh, what a double play turned by the crew. There goes Urias to Wong to Peterson. And Burns rolls up a double play to get through the second. Pablo Lopez pitches well in this game after giving up that home run to Colton Wong. Doesn't give much else, and he kept getting strikeouts in the third inning. Strikes out Colton Wong, strikes out Willie Adamas, and then it brings up Christian Yelich. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with a changeup again. Pablo Lopez, he strikes out the side in order, and all three came on swinging changeups. 
Marlins tied the game up in the bottom of the third inning. There's two outs, an old friend, Jesus Aguilar, at the plate. One-two pitch. Swung on, drilled high and deep. Wow. Watch this, baby. This is going to sail way on up and out of here. Aguilar ties the game. Former Brewer hit that one a ton in the left, and it's one-to-one in the bottom of the third. Solo home run, his fourth of the season. That's the only blemish on the day for Corbin Burns. Again, these two pitchers, Burns and Lopez, just rolling through this game. No scoring in the fourth, no scoring in the fifth inning. The Brewers weren't even able to get on base in the sixth inning. Colton Wong flies out. Willie Adamas strikes out, and it brings up Christian Yelich. 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss at a changeup. And Lopez with his ninth strikeout of this game and his 13th consecutive batter retired here against the crew. Keeps it a 1-1 game. We move along to the seventh inning. Each starting pitcher still in the game. The Brewers would get a hit in the top of the seventh, nothing more. And then in the bottom of the seventh, Corbin Burns gets Garrett Cooper to line out and Brian De La Cruz to fly out, and it brings up Jesus Sanchez. A 1-2 pitch. Swung on and missed. It was a curveball that bounced in front of the plate. Picked up by Caratini, and the strikeout completed. He threw to first. I think the batter was called out anyway. He made contact with the baseball after he swung and missed at it. Did Sanchez, and it's a 1-2-3 inning for Corbin Burns. That would be his final out that he records seven strikeouts and no walks for Burns. Each team would go into the bullpen in the eighth inning. Devin Williams pitching the bottom of the eighth, a 1-2-3 frame where he strikes out Brian Anderson and Jacob Stallings. To the top of the ninth inning, new pitcher for the Marlins, Tanner Scott. First battery faces Christian Yelich. He gets a base hit. Then Luis Urias is hit by a pitch. So runners on at first and second. And manager Craig Council makes a switch as he brings up pinch hitter Tyrone Taylor, replacing Rowdy Telez. And Taylor comes up with a big base hit. Uh, Yelich had to hold to wait and see whether or not that ball was going to be caught. So it loads the bases and it ends the day for Tanner Scott. Anthony Bender then comes on to pitch. The first battery faces Hunter Renfro strikes out. So that's a big first out. And all of a sudden, the Marlins are a ground ball away from getting out of it. But they don't get that ground ball. Instead, Bender has a hard time throwing strikes against Jace Peterson. 3-0 pitch. And he missed inside. The Brewers have the lead. Peterson tosses the bat. His eighth RBI of the season. Yelich trots home. And it's 2-1 to one crew. That's all they would get. Lorenzo Cain then strikes out. Two outs in the inning. It's Victor Caratini at the plate. One for three in this game. Ground ball to first base. Aguilar has it. He's going to run to the bag and retire Caratini. And the Brewers will leave them loaded here the ninth. So we go to the bottom of the ninth inning. Josh Hader on to pitch for the crew. Gets it jazz at Chisholm to ground out. Then Jesus Aguilar grounds out. So quickly two outs. And it brings up. Jorge Soler. And the 0-2 pitch. High fly ball, right field. Renfro chasing into foul territory with a play. He makes the catch in foul territory. And the Brewers will win this one tonight by a final score of 2-1. With the win, the Brewers go to 21 and 12. The Marlins, they drop to 14 and 18. Winning totals for the Brewers. Two runs, six hits, no errors. They leave seven for Miami. One run, five hits, one error. They end up leaving two. 
the winning pitcher, Devin Williams. He's 2-0. The loss to Tanner Scott. He drops to 0-1. Josh Hader, his 13th save. Home runs at Colton Wong, his second. Jesus Aguilar, his fourth. The game lasting two hours and 53 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 9,110 folks at Lone Depot Park. Brewers over the Marlins by a 2-1 score. We'll come back. We'll preview game two of the series, get you some scores from around baseball, and get out of here for the night. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A 2-1 win for the Brewers this evening in Miami. They can secure a series victory with a win tomorrow evening. More on that in a moment. Let's go through scores from around the NL Central. One final. Reds continue to play much better. They win in Pittsburgh over the Pirates by an 8-2 score. Tyler Malley got the start. Went six innings, two runs, five hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. He's now 2-4. and four. Uh, Mike Moustakis hit a uh, home run. Actually, Mike Moustakis hit two home runs in the contest. They also got a home run run from Brandon Drury. Cubs and Diamondbacks are playing right now in the desert. This game is in the bottom of the fourth inning, currently tied at three runs apiece. Uh, Drew Smiley on the mound for uh, the Cubs. He's gone three innings so far, allowing three runs on six hits. And then the Cardinals and Giants are playing right now in St. Louis. All Giants, top of the eighth inning. They lead by a 6-1 score. Jordan Hicks made the start for St. Louis going five innings, allowing three runs on three hits with three strikeouts and two walks. Across the Brewers' minor league system, Low A Carolina playing at Fayetteville right now. Carolina has the 3-2 lead. That game is in the bottom of the eighth inning. High A Wisconsin, tough one. They lose at Quad Cities today by an 8-7 score. The Timber Rattlers still have a record of 20-11. and Double A Biloxi, they pick up a 9-4 win tonight over Birmingham. They put up five runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. And Triple A Nashville, they lose at Jacksonville by a 7-3 score. A couple programming notes for you, but the Bucks were kind of bouncing between here on 94.5 ESPN and WTMJ, just so you know where we're going to be at over the next couple days. Tomorrow we're back on WTMJ, but then on Sunday we're back here on 94.5 ESPN because the Bucks and the Celtics will be playing a game number 7. So tomorrow, WTMJ, Sunday, right back here. Tomorrow's game, Eric Lauer will go for the crew. The left-hander is 3-0 with a 1.82 ERA. He's going to be opposed by a left-handed pitcher in Trevor Rogers, who is 1-4 with an ERA at 5. That's a 5-10 first pitch tomorrow. That means coverage will begin from the network at 435. I'll have you for Brewers warm-up at 4 o'clock, and then I'll have you once again after the game for Brewers extra innings. Myself and Jerry Augustine will be coming your way. Once again, Brewers fall, or excuse me, Brewers get the win in Miami by a 2-1 score as they take the first game of the three-game series. We'll talk to you tomorrow back on WTMJ for more Brewers baseball. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary.